Uh, so the Chazari we're holding in his last Hakdama to understanding people's Bechir, what he calls Hakdama Shesha, is a very important point. And this is actually the final point that the Chazari makes um, in his discussions with the king. And after that, you'll see the rest of the Sefer, which is, is really the conclusion, like his, his afterwards to the whole story. So, so what we're going to turn tonight is, uh, like we said, the last point, maybe of the discussion between the Zion and the king he wants to tell and the Ma'am Rechamishi and it's a very important you said as he calls the Haktama Hashishis on page 9 and it's print and he says a person has confined in himself the ability to do either direction either to do bad or v'ozvoy a person can always find the possibility in himself to do something wrong, or a person can always find within himself the ability to do something wrong and, uh, uh, and detach himself from the wrong he was doing beforehand. In other words, the principle which Vanamos used to talk about, and that is a person is never in a situation where they can't change. A person isn't, can never be that confident that I'm such a tzaddik I can never fall. And also, the converse is true. A person can never be confident or convinced. I'm such a Russian that I can't improve. In so other words, the even, which means there's always the possibility that a person has um, to, to change from where he is right now. And that's what Gemara says. A coin goal for 80 years can become a stakey, and the Russian for 80 years can become a tzaddik. It works both ways. And because the materials of a person is that the, if there's, if he says, might be nafshe, if the nafshe of a person, the rotten of a person, is that he wants to change, so if he wants to enough, he can. If he wants to enough, he can. Uh, and why a person feels he's, uh, he's unable to, that's prevent, he's prevented from changing, it's only prevented, either because he's missing the means in order to change, or the, the foolishness of the person who doesn't know how to utilize the opportunities how to do it. And he gives a very interesting example. An example to this principle. If you have a rosh, a poor person, Nahri, who's a stranger, and then you have honey, who has no experience in leading people. Leading people, honey. In other words, he has no qualities of leadership. Not wealth, not popularity, and not experience. He's poor, he's a stranger, and he has no knowledge of how to lead. But his dream is his red Salim Shalbam. He wants to rule. He wants to lead people. And Zen Why is that his dream? That's what he wants to do. If, all he's trying to say is that a person isn't stuck in a position where he can't change. So even a person who would seem to lack all the qualities which would make him a leader, if that person has dreams, has intention to become a leader, so what prevents him doing that? But then any man would prevent him, <laughs> could be, uh, what is prevented from him is either because he doesn't have the it's which means the, the necessary uh, things which will have to take place in order for him to make it happen. But if you find the ways through which he'll be able to make it happen, and he's enough of a chacham to work on them, and make, in other words, to develop the talents and to work on it, he would have, he will achieve what he wants to do. 
just like the rotten of a person can be completed, can be fulfilled, a person who knows the, the, the reasons for things and he knows how to read them. For example, just like a person can rule over the people who are in under his authority, his family, for example, his children, not necessarily he's going to be a, a, a despot, or, but he can be a benevolent monarch, but he has the ability to lead. And therefore he says that to say a person can't do something because of the circumstances isn't true. Because if a person really wants to, so they can work on changing the circumstances and they can apply themselves to achieving what they want to achieve. Is that, is that true? Let's say somebody wants to, wants to bring new leadership to Russia. I think he's that. It depends. He wants to sacrifice his life if he wants to. It depends. Look, if, if you would find a way to do it, it's not impossible. The communists did it, even though there was a despotic relationship of the Tsar, and then the ones post-communists took away from that. It's not impossible. It needs it needs factors to happen. We're not talking about the Shema aspect, how much Hashem is playing a part in it. We're talking about from the person's point of view, and that's just way that is an example, but the person's point of view is never from a position of feeling like fatalism, that there's nothing I can do to change, or I'm stuck in the position I am, or based on my lack of whatever quality it is that I would want, so that, that prevents me being able to do. In other words, the Nakud of which is trying to say is that a person's Bechira has to come from a point of, if there's something I want to do enough, I'll be able to do it. He doesn't call it in those words, but what Chazal quotes is, If a person strongly wants to do something, so then it's a question of making things happen, of, of causing things to take place. Again, it, it doesn't negate that Hashem is involved, but from the person's point of view, I can't, I can't ever sit back and say, well, it's not shaykh for me. It's not possible for me, and therefore it's not worth trying. If, I, if it's important enough to that I think it is worth trying, then it's worth trying, because it can still happen. The person is never in, condemned not to succeed. And that applies in every area. He just gave the example of leadership. And even though a person who looks like a very, very unlikely candidate to be a leader, uh, he doesn't have the background, he doesn't have the skill, he doesn't have the means, but nevertheless, if a person applies himself enough, so it could be he would achieve that. And if you're going to talk about uh, Torah leadership, it's the same idea. A person might think, yeah, I don't have the mind, I don't have the background, I don't have the family, I don't have the right uh, education to become great in Torah. That doesn't, com- it doesn't condemn a person to being uh, mediocre in Torah. A person can, if, if the rotten is strong enough, a person at any stage can decide, I'm now going to be done, and I'm going to change around, and I can become great. And that's a, that's a, a principle of Bechir. Because otherwise people tend to think, I've lost my opportunity to do whatever it was, and therefore what can I do? I, I'm, it's, I, it's no longer a stage where I can change anything. And that's not true. As long as the person is still alive, so then for sure, it's always the attitude that I can change. I can change and I can, I can do better, and I'm not stuck in the position that I've been before. And now he says, and that's an interesting point, this, that the example he gave of becoming a ruler, so he says that if a person needs to develop the qualities of rulership, so he doesn't have to start with a country. A person can start with people who naturally fall under his authority. And he can develop the qualities of how to rule with them. A person has a family, has children, or his workers, whoever it's going to be. So again, maybe they won't call you a king, but you can still use the koyach of how to motivate people, and how to ensure everyone gets their fair share, and how to, how to uh, encourage everyone to work as a team, 
whatever, whatever leadership qualities that they're going to be, a person can infer them in a smaller sense. And even more than that, he says, Yosem is a Ivarif. A person is, uh, uh, this is the Nash of Chazal also, uh, which the Chazal himself quoted right in the beginning of Shaya Rishon. When, if you remember, the king asked him, describe to me the Tariq. What do you call a righteous person? And the Chazal described a person who's in control. And he can give orders to his body and his organs listen to him. And he keeps most sure to do what he wants him to do. And that's what he says here also. Biyasim is a Hevarov, his body. Yanim Kashayetzer, he'll move his organs as he wants. Yadaver Kamashayetzer, he'll control what he says and what he wants to say. Biyasim is a Machshat, a person can control his mind. In other words, a person's not able to control his thoughts or his fantasies. A person can, can if he chooses to, can be in control there as well. And that's why when the, we said the king asks the tzaddik, asks the chacham right at the beginning, describe the tzaddik, he describes the ruler. And the king tells him, he described the king, and asks him to describe a, a tzaddik. And the famous words of the kuzari, the chacham answers him, a tzaddik Moshe. The tzaddik is the person in control. I don't have to be con- controlling a country, but I'm controlling myself. It's that same, it's that same skill of leadership. Toiv erich ruach megiba, and A person who controls his ruach is a king. He's in, he's in control. And if a person dreams of being able to be a leader, 100%, start with yourself. Be a leader of yourself. That, that develops the talent and develops the skill. And you may know that once a person does it, so then it's easier for him to rule over other people. And that's the Chiddush over here. Uh, even though maybe it sounds more grandiose to rule over other people, and rule over oneself, the harder part of the work is to rule over yourself. Once a person has been able to rule over themselves, in comparison, it's easier to rule other people. Okay, so therefore the person who wants to become a leader, so he has ample grounds to improve his talents and to work on becoming a leader. Which means when a person is in control of his mind, so he can choose what to think about when he wants, but in the way he wants. Because he's in control of, it, of all the factors which apply to him. And we made it, even though there's areas in a person which psychologists claim are beyond his ability to control. <coughs> a person's thoughts. A person's feelings. And there are other schools of, of psychology who claim yeah, maybe a person can control his responses, but has him to control his feelings, has him to control his thoughts. Those are things which are beyond the person's ability to control. Most teachers are saying they shouldn't teach us. That's a mistake. It's not true. A person is able to control them. And then uh, they have an Ezra famously points this out on the mitzvah of Leitachmut. In terms of the Tarasar Debris, the Azan says, Debris Leitachmut. Don't desire somebody else's things. And Evan Ezra asks, You can tell me not to take someone else's things. How can you tell me not to want them? Isn't it a natural thing? I see my neighbor just rebuilt his house. I see that he just bought himself a new car. I see that he has a fancy field or whatever it's going to be. Isn't it natural that I'm going to want it? So I can tell him we don't. And then as an answer, yes, it's true. A person can work on himself not to want something. And that's the Yisrael of Musa. Again, we aren't, we aren't determining that we're unable to do something. We're unable to change. And there's an area which we're, by virtue of being people, we're, we're, we're stuck with, we're, we're, going, we're, so to speak, unable to change. The person is able to control both his thoughts and his and his 
eyes and his speech and his feelings is a Moshe. Now, the second example, which the Kodai is going to give, this Kodai had translated Arabic words, but when I deal with the Moshe like this, if you would be playing a game against somebody else, and if it was a game which was completely based on logic, you know, there was no room for chance or for luck or for dice or whatever it would be, it would be something completely based on logic, so then the better player is always going to win. Because if it's a question of just making, like, working out the, the logical progression, then the person's algebra will win every time. Because uh, that's that's Matthias. So if only if there's the unknown factors involved, there's the element of luck, there's the element of uh, whatever it's going to be, you know, the, whatever the, the dice show, whatever the case might be, then we can say that you know you, you can't guarantee who's going to win. But if it's a game which is completely based on skill, so then for sure the better player should always win. Uh, I mean, chess would be a good example of that. If a person's attack a better player, he'll win every time. It's because there's no, there's not much left to chance. It's much more skill. So was that the game he's referring to? I don't know. He refers to it in Arabic. He says, "Alkain lo yitokin shinatzeh achadash esachazok v'schoik ashkash." This game, whatever it might have been, um, that was a game based on logic, based on on the skill. So the weaker player is not going to have a win against a stronger player. And you're not going to say it's good to, to lack or bad luck because it's not, not based on luck. Like in the case of battle. It's actually a very interesting example. When it comes to, right, it's all based on strategy. Whereas when it comes to actual warfare, so he says that's often based on outside factors, um, which doesn't necessarily mean always that the stronger army is going to win. Why? Because when it comes to this game, it's called, uh, whatever it's called, the voice of this game, all the factors are here. And therefore, if it's all based on skill or strategy, uh, the one who's stronger will always win. Because there's, not, there's nothing left to chance. It's, it's a very, very much a logical, so to speak, sequence of what's going to happen. And he's not therefore if he's attacking the, the better player, the bigger he doesn't have to worry that there'll be any reason which you have to worry about that maybe um, it will change the fact he's going to win. There aren't unforeseen circumstances which are going to change. Unless what happens is that he doesn't pay attention. You know, he makes a stupid mistake. He doesn't think properly. Or he doesn't remember something. So then you can lose also, but that wasn't because um, of some uh, unforeseen circumstances, because of human error. Even if he's a better player, sometimes people make mistakes. We said before that the two reasons that people don't achieve what's possible, one of them is because they don't have the means to, the other one is he said because it's the sikhus of the person. So he says also, the, people, the fact that people can make a mistake, um, which they themselves, had they thought it through, wouldn't have made, but that's part of the sikhus, it's part of the natural... Uh, so to speak, imperfection of human beings, they can make mistakes. But if a person was focused on what they were doing and was, was careful not to make a mistake, so then the outcome is a given, so to speak. Um, that's what he says as an example. And that's why he says also the same applies over here. Which means there are those things which aren't in a person's control to do, 
And uh, if that's the case, you can't guarantee what the result's going to be because the fact is, like you said, which are either tivis, which are natural, or mikris, which could come up, which are beyond his control. But besides with that, if a person plans for something and, and uh, he's able to uh, fulfill, carry out the plan, so then there's no reason why he shouldn't succeed. Just like a person knows how to play the game and he plans his strategy, so there's no reason why he shouldn't win. Um, it's the same thing, if, assuming again he's a better player. So the same thing, if a person has a plan, what he wants to achieve, so then that, that itself should be a reason why he should be able to do it. Unless unforeseen things come up, Hashem wants to prevent it happening, but from his point of view, there's no reason why he should be able to do it. For example, a person wants to know Shas. Let's say, so he makes the Cheshman, how long will it take me to, know, to learn a Gemara to know it well? Any, any random Amud in the Gemara. And he makes the Cheshman, it'll take me an hour and a half, let's say, two hours, let's say, whatever it's going to be. He says, okay, so I'm willing to commit four hours a day. Every day I'll learn two deaf. So I can, if, if I'm consistent about it, I'm going to apply myself to it. So even if I don't learn anything right now, but four years time, I'll not trust. Now, I'm not leaving anything to chance. It's not like, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. I'm, from my point of view, I have a program to do it. I'm going to commit, I'm going to commit myself to the program, and we'll get that. It's true, I this program can prevent it. It's true, there could be outside factors which, which stop me doing what I want to do. But that's not for me. From my point of view, I think there's a way to do it. I'm able to do it. I'm going to do it. And therefore, from my point of view, I was going to get that. Else I'm not going to give up on something because I think it's too big or too impossible or too much of an undertaking. No, the fact that I can I can apply myself to and how am I going to do it. So then that already gives me the the, the, the perspective of from my, from from me, there's a way that this can be done and the way I'm going to I'm going to apply myself to achieving it. And that's the opposite of the, the federalistic attitude we spoke about before. That a person feels there's something I can't do. There's something I can't do. And remember on the time because it's beyond me. When a person looks, looks at the other hand and says, I can't do it. Let me just break it down to how much how many stages it's going to take me and how much I'm going to be able to do in order to get there eventually. So they're making themselves aware which makes it something which is possible. And that's always the matter. A person has to raise money for something. So we take the lump sum and say, Wow. A million dollars, I'll never, I'll never have so much money, it's not even worth trying. It's beyond me. But if a person takes a devil and says, listen, how much can I put away every week, every month? And now, how much can I find other ways to put aside as well, to get extra? And I make some kind of a plan. So I guess, then it makes the impossible into the possible. And now it's just the question of if the person is really committed to doing that. If a person is really committed to doing it, and a person is going to apply themselves, so then what's something which seemed to be impossible, uh, beforehand becomes something which is shaykh to do. That's Chazal, it's a famous Chazal. That uh, we give a marshal to a person who is required to do, to move a mountain. Make your heart. Move a mountain. Is it possible? I'm going to be able to excavate, to dig up a whole mountain and move it. So forget it, it's not even worth trying. Says the Chazal, that's the response of the Ksil, of the fool. What does the Chacham say? It's formidable, but can I move a few rocks today? Okay, so I've been to the mountain. I'll keep doing that every day. And eventually I'll make progress. Eventually I'll make headway. And that's the same as what he's saying over here. He says, the, so the, 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 an important part of a person's ability to be a beicha, to have bechira, is firstly to know that, that I should make a lot more things in the, gather of, in the category of possible and not in the gather of impossible. Because if I, if I think that the impossible, I'll never do that. But I think it's possible. You just have to work out how to do it, or to, 
you know, work, give myself the time to do it, so then I, I open myself up to be able to achieve much more. I can choose what I want to do instead of doing it. Of course, the success comes from Hashem. which was what Hashem wanted, the whole time that Chai Yisrael were lived with the Shkina among them, when the Shekhinah was with Israel, then no one doubted that things could happen which Hashem would help them. But now that we don't see that revelation anymore, so now if a person, a person doubt what they're capable of doing, or how much Hashem is there to help them, and therefore it says it only exists in the, in the hearts of the people who have Emunah, then they know Hashem is still there. Even if they can't see the Shekhinah, then Hashem is there to help them. Whichever way it is, Hashem is going to help them, like we said before either directly or indirectly or via something else, uh, understand that uh, it's not a suffix. Hashem is aware of them and Hashem is helping them. It's good, therefore, that a person can apply, re- apply everything that they're able to achieve back to Hashem. They see that he's insisting them. Something, things which aren't so easily explained by um, some factors in the world. Things which we have said much more are told in Hashem, Kamaves, like uh, life and death, or Vanitzuch, or Vilchomis, winning battles, or Vatzlach, or Vachisarin, being successful, or losing money, whatever the case might be, Vadaimilazet, all these things. So, there's an element which is told in what the person decides they want to do, like I said before. There's also the knowledge and the fact that the person understands that that comes from Hashem. And that's basically the conclusion of. The Yusayyidus that you wanted to talk about. On the one hand, you spoke about the fact that Hashem sets everything up, that's the Bidachan. At the same time, we spoke about the second point, and that is that the, the knowledge a person has that there's a certain element which he can choose to do or not do. And in that way, if a person, unless a person limits himself and makes him, believes himself capable of doing more, so that, then of course, unless Hashem doesn't want, he wants to prevent it, but besides that, so then, it's more of a reason why Hashem will allow it to happen.